Welcome to the Plus Six Podcast. My name is Pete, and I go by the name of AFR Ratings Pete on Twitter. This is a solo podcast for a review of Round 3. This podcast record date is Monday night, April the 5th. Five takeaways from Round 3. Tagging is back in a strong way. A few notable players in Round 3 tagged were Marcus Bontempelli, Tom Mitchell and Clayton Oliver. Coaches are starting to make adjustments, so keep note of what is going to evolve over the next few weeks. Obviously, a few teams have been torched early in the season, and I expect coaches to make some defensive adjustments in the coming rounds. Rucks are starting to influence, especially in friendly matchups. Max Gorn and Brody Grundy, two of those players from round three. Teams that aren't organized defensively or don't have multiple two-way running players, especially midfielders, are getting absolutely torched. I've seen some blowouts in round three. Uh, that could be the norm for at least the next few weeks until defensively teams can make adjustments to the new game style with the player on the mark rule. Key forwards have space with faster ball movement inside forward 50. Umpires also appear to be paying free kicks to forwards, especially if a defender has any sort of arm around a forward's body in a marking contest. Key forwards are in a great position to influence this season, as we have seen quite a few key forwards uh, hit some good numbers of goals in games. Okay, on to the nine games from round three. Collingwood versus Brisbane. Five takeaways. Collingwood are minus 12 average inside 50 differential this year. That is ranked 17th. Brisbane are 5.7 disposals per inside 50. That is ranked 1. So that is fast ball movement inside forward 50. Brody Grundy had a friendly matchup in round three against uh, not, not much opposition from Brisbane. Uh, he scored 152 points. Devin Robertson, in his second game at AFL level, found a fair bit of ball on the outside. He scored 93 points, and he was used at centre bounces. Lockie Neal, uh, no tag this week for Lockie Neal. Uh, pretty much ran free of any sort of hard tag. He scored 103 points. Onto North Melbourne versus Western Bulldogs. Five takeaways. North Melbourne have averaged 437 disposals against in the last two games. Western Bulldogs average 435 disposals per game this season. That is ranked number one. Jack Siebel seen plenty of traffic in his halfback role for the Kangaroos. Uh, he scored 139 points. If the Kangaroos are going to get torched for most of the season, I'd expect a fair amount of traffic to head Jack Siebel's way. Marcus Bontempelli did receive some attention from Kangaroos players in round three. He scored 81 points. Pretty much they offered Bont, uh, and he eventually got to 81 points, but it was a slow scoring day for him. Uh, Jack McRae actually put up a pretty decent last quarter to hit 103 points. Uh, he's got the lines this week, but uh, yeah, it was a slow day for McRae for most of the day. The Kangaroos 
were well beaten, so there's not much urgency for either Bont or McRae to get active, but uh, McRae did hit those points late in the game. On to Adelaide versus Gold Coast. Five takeaways. Adelaide have averaged 6.2 disposals per inside 50 this year. That is ranked number two. So efficient ball movement inside 50 for the Crows. Gold Coast average 108.7 uncontested marks this season. That is ranked number two. Taylor Walker, as I mentioned earlier, key forwards are getting it done. Walker's had a fantastic start to the season. He puts up another big score and scores 139 points. So if key forwards can maintain some sort of impact throughout the year, uh, those scores uh, hopefully can be maintained. Riley O'Brien. When Jared Witts went down with a knee injury, uh, O'Brien got to work in that last quarter. He eventually finished with 96, but it was looking like a slow day for O'Brien. Very slow start to the season for him as well, but he did get it done in round three. Hugh Greenwood, 14 tackles in round three. And he posted a nice score of 126 points. I mentioned Jared Witts earlier. He's going to be out for multiple weeks. So the Suns are going to be without a key ruck there uh, for a few weeks. So they're going to have to make some adjustments pretty much like, pretty much similar to the Brisbane scenario. So I'd expect high hitouts against Gold Coast for the upcoming period, especially without no key ruck there. So Richmond versus Sydney, five takeaways. Richmond rounds one to two. Inside 50 differential was plus 23.5 average. In round three against Sydney, it was minus 15. Uh, the Tigers were blown away by the Swans. On to Sydney, plus 37.7 average uncontested mark differential this season. That is a clear rank number one. To Chad Warner. Again, without James Rowbottom this week, did see a lot of midfield usage, and especially at centre bounces. He was quite effective, posted 100 points. On to Errol Gordon. Another big game for Gordon there at his half-forward role. It did impact quite nicely, scored another big score of 98 points. Callum Mills again did see a high midfield usage, 111 points for him. Great start to his year with a midfield role. Uh, just some game notes here for Richmond. Dion Prestia uh, is out with a hamstring, so what he's going to miss a few weeks. And Jack Ross is probably on the radar to come in uh, as number one. Um, Damien Harbick did mention Will Martin that he was on the radar for a game upcoming as well, and just keep an eye on Trent Cochin as well. So back-to-back six-day games, Damien Harwick mentioned, uh, whether he will be managed this week or not. But if he's right to go, he will play. Onto the Swans, uh, Lance Franklin is expected to return in round four. Onto Essendon versus St Kilda, five takeaways. Essendon 127 uncontested marks in round three. In rounds one to two, they averaged 70.5, so a massive jump there against a poor performing St Kilda. Onto the Saints, a minus 16.0 average contested possessions average this season. Uh, that is ranked number 18, so. Uh, that can show some sort of intent. And the Saints were poor in their last two games. And their opposition in round one was GWS. And they've started the season poorly as well. So might be there just to watch on the Saints there. 
onto Brad Crouch. He failed to impact in his first game for the Saints. He scored 72 points. Uh, was moved out of the midfield there at some stages. So, yeah, just a low score for Crouch compared to what he was used to at Adelaide. Darcy Parrish, as expected, he came into the midfield and was used quite nicely there and impacted well with 117 points for the Bombers. And Zach Merritt, again, high midfield usage there. Started a little bit slowly, but eventually got going late in a pretty, pretty much a soft matchup there. Scored 121 points. Just on the Saints there, Rowan Marshall, uh, he's on the radar to return. He did play some VFL minutes there on the weekend. Apparently three quarters he got, got in, so he's on the radar to return. The Saints were torched at the ruck uh, there on the weekend, so I'd expect Marshall, if he's right to go, to be coming back into that team very soon. On to West Coast versus Port Adelaide, five takeaways. West Coast have averaged 125 uncontested marks at Opta Stadium this year. On to Port Adelaide. Rounds 1-2, to two, they averaged 346 disposals against. They conceded a whopping 412 disposals around three against West Coast. Andrew Gaff. Looked like he was used more through a inside midfield role. He scored 154 points and he was everywhere uh, in round three. So slow start to the year for Gaff, but he gets it done in round three with a massive score. Ollie Wines failed to have any impact early when the game was hot. Uh, he eventually got to 85 points, but uh, he was rendered pretty much uh, to a low score there for quite a while. And Zach Butters failed to really impact there. Score 58 points, was used in the middle a little bit, but if he's going to play that half-forward role for the majority of the season, uh, his score is going to fluctuate quite wildly. And uh, with that being the case, if he's going to play at half-forward into the midfield, uh, he's not really settling into a position. Uh, there is potential there for a low-floor on to West Coast, uh, Luke Chury did his hamstring, so he's going to be out for a few more weeks there as well. So some adjustments there for the Eagles coming up for round four. And Tom Rockliffe is out under concussion protocol for round, th- for round four. And Sam Powell-Pepper has returned to training at Port Adelaide. So once he gets his fitness levels back up, expect him to jump back into that team. And that also impacts Zach Butters there of what uh, percentage he's going to be used as an inside midfielder, because that is Sam Powell Pepper's role. On to Carlton versus Fremantle. Five takeaways. Carlton recorded a season-high 428 disposals around three. Rounds one to two, they averaged 361.5 disposals. Fremantle have averaged 330 disposals in two row games this season. In round two against GWS, they recorded 409 disposals. To Patrick Cripps, he forced his way to a big score. Uh, he impacted quite nicely there for 125 points. Heath Chapman for the Dockers. He scored 73 points when Hayden Young went down with a hamstring injury. Heath Chapman started to impact and got those scores rolling. So a uh, pretty nice return there for Chapman, even though the Dockers were quite poor. Uh, Andrew Brayshaw did receive a lot of uh, Ed Curnow at centre bounces uh, there in round three. He scored a very low 63 points. Onto Hayden Young, he's going to miss a few weeks there with a hamstring. Uh, just a complete diagnosis that yet to be confirmed by the Dockers. Onto GWS Giants versus Melbourne, five takeaways. GWS rank 18 for uncontested marks this season. Melbourne, a plus 7.7 average inside 50 differential this season. Tim Tarando. Giants did have their injury concerns in this game. 
Um, Tim Taranto did see a plenty of midfield usage towards the back end of this game and scored quite nicely with 127 points. On to Isaac Cumming. Obviously the Giants are under the pump early in the season uh, with plenty of ball heading his way. He's taking kick-ins, so he scored quite nicely again, 91 points. Uh, he's had a very good start to the season. On to Max Gorn, friendly matchup for Gorn, scores 135 points. On to Stephen Kinelio, uh, he has an ankle injury, he's going to miss some period of time. I would expect him to round out to move into that midfield at a higher rate now. And that may also present an opportunity there for Tom Green. And also looking back at Tannenbrun and if he can come back into that team in a midfield role. But uh, the one there is Tim Durando to be used at a high rate. And then also Tom Green maybe to be moved more as an inside, which would be good for his fantasy game. On to Geelong versus Hawthorne. Five takeaways. Geelong have averaged 109 uncontested marks in their last two games. Hawthorne have minus 11.0 average inside 50 differential in the last two games. So they're conceding a lot of ball inside 50, and therefore that's putting their defenders in a position to uh, accumulate extra disposals marks and obviously keep those fantasy scores ticking over. Cam Guthrie scored a very healthy 153 points in round three against the Hawks. 43 disposals and 11 marks gets it done there for Guthrie. So Jordan Clark has struggled to get the scores going early in the season. Scores 55 points against the Hawks. Uh, been used to add on the wing there as well. Pretty much hasn't that, had that much of an impact in the early part of the season. Uh, Tom Mitchell uh, received some attention from Mark O'Connor today. Uh, pretty much a, a tag cooler role on him. Uh, he struggled to impact in that first half. He finally got to 71 points. Just keep an eye out for those taggers again. I just done some game notes there. Sam Menegola is on the radar for return for the Cats and along with Jeremy Cameron. Uh, Patrick Dangerfield is due to come back from suspension in round five. Okay, that's it for episode 72. Uh, if you would like a chance at scoring a plus six podcast cap, just retweet any podcast link that is sent out via Twitter. A few more will be given away at the midway point of the season. Podcast drops will be late on Monday night throughout the season, and Jeppet and I will hit late Tuesday nights, early Wednesday mornings, also throughout the season. Okay, again, that's it for episode 72. Thanks for tuning in.